Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Wrapping up the series this weekend, last weekend we talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, more specifically the manifestational gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to scripturally in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, pick up where we left off last week. So let me read you the words of the Apostle Paul by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, he says, pursue love. Remember, this comes right after the love chapter. Like, love is an amazing thing. Loving one another, amazing. Pursue it. Go after it. Yet, desire earnestly spiritual gifts. But especially that you may prophesy. Okay. Here's what I know. And the title of the message is Love to Prophesy. Sometimes when some of us hear the word prophesy in church, we get all flinchy. Because we've seen some stuff possibly go down that wasn't completely the Lord. And it was done in the name of the gift of prophecy. But, but please hear my heart. What we're going to talk about today is really, really important. All right, let me, let me define this word prophecy. I'll give you a definition. Prophecy is a living word through a living God, from a living God, to a living people. Okay? Even more simply put, prophecy is simply hearing what God is saying and repeating it. That's it. But here's the problem. If I were your enemy, I would try and get you all wonky on the voice of God. Because without the voice of God, you are hosed. Can I say that in church? You are in trouble without the voice of God. I am in trouble without the voice of God. And if I were your enemy, I would try and get you wonky on the voice of God. Now remember, Satan is pretty predictable. Go all the way back to the first question asked in Scripture. What was the subject of the question? The voice of God. He says to Eve, did God really say? Did did God actually say that? You know how many times I've heard that question asked by my enemy? Preston, did God really say that? When, When week number one, there were 120 something people when we started this church and week number two, there weren't even 70 in an 800 and something seat room? You don't think I heard the question? Did God really say? If if I were your enemy, I would try and get you so sideways on the voice of God, but here's what we have to remember. Our God speaks. Even more specifically, our God still speaks. He's not gone silent, for if he did, If he had gone silent, it would be game, set, and match for all of his sheep. But he hasn't gone silent. Not only does he still speak, one of his favorite things to do is to speak to and through his children. But some of us have shut off the Holy Spirit's voice in our lives because we've seen some stuff go down. And that's not a good enough reason. We're going to talk about that in this message. But I'm going to give you three really simple things as it relates to prophecy. I'm going to try and put the the groceries on the bottom shelf so that no one has an excuse. Okay? By the time we get to the end of this message, I'm just going going to tell you the goal. I want everybody prophesying. Everybody. And that might weird you out. 
But I'm going to show you that actually puts me, that statement puts me in a good company. Here's the first thing I want, to, I want to submit to you, I want to share with you as it relates to prophecy. Point number one, we can all prophesy. Speaking of believers, we can all prophesy. We can all prophesy. Now, some of the theologians among us might be thinking, well, hold on just a minute, Preston. In Ephesians chapter 4, the gifts Jesus gave to the church, prophets were one of them. Pastors, the teachers, the prophets, evangelists. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, the prophets do the prophesying. No, 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 no. Let, let me read you this passage, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Here's another way to say it as it relates to prophets in this fivefold uh, gift, uh, gift set that Christ gave the church. Prophets are given to the church to prophetically equip the saints to do the prophetic work of the church. Now, let me remind you again what the definition, the simple definition of a prophetic word. It's the Holy Spirit speaking and one of God's children repeating what they hear the Holy Spirit say for someone else. Okay? And here, here's, remember, point number one, we can all prophesy, all of us. Every believer in Jesus can prophesy. Well, Preston, if prophecy involves hearing God's voice, I don't hear God's voice. I have people in my life who hear God's voice really clearly, but I don't. Let me try and sweetly say this. I totally disagree with what you just said if you're a believer in Jesus. And, and here's why. I'm going to go to the words of Jesus in John chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus is the one who said, my sheep hear my voice. This is an inarguable theological fact. If you are a sheep, if you are a believer in Jesus, you, it doesn't say you can hear. It doesn't say you will hear. Here's what Jesus said, you hear. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you hear. Settle it right now. Now, you may, all, you may not always know or understand that you're hearing God's voice. Hearing God's voice is a muscle, and every muscle takes time to build up. Preston, how do I get better at hearing the voice of God? Spend more time alone with him in prayer. Spend more time alone with him with the word of God open in front of you. This is the fastest way to really learn how to discern. You already hear God's voice. It's like Samuel. He was hearing, but he just didn't know it was God's voice. This is the way it is for sheep. You may not think you hear, but you do. You do. And you need to settle that. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Now, the big question is, how? Like, why? Why? How's that even possible? Let me show you in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 12. Ears to hear and eyes to see. Both are gifts from the Lord. When you became a sheep, you received the gift of ears to hear. That should excite you. Like you should actually internally, externally, you should get really excited. The God of the universe was always speaking, but when you became a child of God, he supernaturally gifted you with 
ears to hear his voice. The God of the universe has hobbies. And one of his favorite hobbies, quote unquote, is to speak to you. It's so much a favorite hobby of his that to ensure that you could hear him, he supernaturally gave you ears to hear him. He doesn't just speak to you. He gives you the ability to hear what he said. My sheep hear my voice. Here's what that means. All believers can hear, which means all believers can prophesy. Go down to the, the end of 1 Corinthians 14, verse 31. Deeper in the chapter, speaking to believers, for you can all prophesy. One by one, so that all may learn and all may be exhorted. Here's, here's the thing. Just because a believer can prophesy doesn't guarantee every believer will prophesy. Which brings us to point number two. We should all want to prophesy. We should all want to. First Thessalonians 5, 19 and 20. Verse 19, many of us know, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Preston, do not shut off what the Holy Spirit's trying to do. Unfortunately, I've been guilty of that in the past. Even as a senior pastor of this church, I've been guilty of it from time to time. Preston, don't shut off what the Holy Spirit's trying to do. I want to be better and 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 better at giving the Holy Spirit whatever he wants. This morning as I went into my prayer room, I said, you're going to order off this menu whatever you want. I want to give it to you. I want to bring you whatever you're asking for. Whatever dish you want to serve up, I, I, I want to bring it to you. I want us to bring it to you as a church. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Many of us know that verse, but look at the very next verse, verse 20. Don't despise prophecies. Don't quench the Holy Spirit, but don't despise prophecies. I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand. But some of us, maybe a decent number of us, deep down, we wouldn't admit it publicly, but we actually despise prophecies. We despise the thought of the gift of prophecy. And here's probably why. Because you've seen it done in an unhealthy or ungodly way. Okay? Remember, that I, I say this all the time about all things scriptural. Just because you've seen someone do it in an ungodly way or in a wrong way or a bad way, doesn't make something scriptural bad. It just means the way that they used it was wrong. That's all. Okay, but you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And and let's just kind of, you know, bring a little levity to this. This has happened with me. I I said this in one of the services last weekend. How people come up and say, I I feel like I have a, a word for you. Every once in a while, I'll start off with, brother, I feel like I have a word for you. I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm just kind of, some of us, this is how we think. And then here, here's, you, you've probably seen this, their voice changes. And they like go to a totally different place with their voice. They like get real strong or loud. This happened when I was like 22 and Gateway was really small back then. And, and uh, somebody came up and they started to get really strong with me and it, it, their voice totally changed. That was kind of, thus saith the Lord. I should have known when their nostrils flare, we're already moving in the wrong direction. (laughs) Thus saith the Lord. 
Like, okay, listen. Here's just a little tip when you feel like the Holy Spirit gives you a word of prophecy. I don't ever start with the words, thus saith the Lord. Here's why. Because I've gotten it wrong before. I've gotten it wrong before. And so I, I will typically just say, I felt the Lord say. You know, the, the next verse after verse 20 is, and test everything. And so someone came up and thus saith the Lord and, and they delivered this word and it was, you got into a huge fight with your wife last night and you dishonored the Lord and you said some things. You sh- and I mean, they, in front of people, and, and I mean, they're getting loud and strong. It was so embarrassing. Well, Holly sees what's going on. She, she, there were only probably a couple hundred people in the church at the time. And so she comes over to stand with me, kind of support me. They're like, you, you got into a fight with your wife and you dishonored the Lord. You crossed the line and you did things that pastors should never do. And they're like really strong with me. Okay. And I, at 22, I just let them, let them finish. I probably should have corrected them, but being 22, I just let them go. And afterwards they walked off and, and Holly goes, I can say this to you, but she goes, is that what happened last night? Let's just say we didn't fight the night before. We did the opposite of fight. The person was so wrong, but here's the deal. Just because I might from time to time see someone deliver a word of prophecy, what they feel is a word from the Lord in the flesh or in a way that doesn't honor God, doesn't mean I abandon the gift of prophecy. You can't throw the baby out with the bath water. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4 says, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. But one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. How can, how can prophecy be bad when it strengthens the entire church? Let me just say this. Long before the world started cancel culture, I think the church started cancel culture with the things of the Spirit. Nope, somebody did it wrong. Somebody did it bad. Somebody did it in the flesh. It's over. No more words of prophecy. Okay, this is just not good theology. We live in a fallen world. And I hate to tell you this, in the 10 years I've preached here, I don't even know how many mistakes I've made. It's a ton. I'm just a man. I'm just a man trying to hear the voice of the Lord speak and deliver whatever I hear, but I'm not always gonna get it right. And here's what you have to understand about prophecy. It's not word for word. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways higher than our ways. The way I would say it is, it's like interpretation. If you've ever gone to another country and preached like I have, there's a difference between, if you went to the United Nations, they, the, the people there interpreting are literally translating word for word what's being said. Because if they don't, nuclear war could start. If they started interpreting instead of translating, war could begin. But when I go to another country, I don't get United Nations translators. I get interpreters. And sometimes I'll say something very serious and the interpreter will say whatever they say and everyone starts laughing. Why? Because they said it the way they wanted to say it. Okay, interpretation is not word for word. So when God speaks something to you, you're never gonna deliver it word for word the way he said it. He's perfect, I am not. So sometimes if somebody's given you a word, that, that felt a little bit off, Scripture says test it. And if it doesn't line up with what 
Scripture says and what, what God says and how he would say it, it wasn't for men. But you don't throw the whole gift out just because somebody who might have been learning and walking in that gift didn't quite do it the way God desired they would. What does prophecy do? Before we answer that question, let's, let's talk about what it doesn't do that often. A lot of people think, well, I don't give prophetic words because it, a prophetic word predicts the future. If that's you, let me just kind of give you something to ponder. Prophecy is more forthtelling than foretelling. It's not predicting the future. In fact, if we're really being theological, that's probably more of a word of knowledge. Prophecy is forthtelling, simply speaking what you hear the Holy Spirit saying to the intended recipient, the Holy Spirit illuminates and says, I want to speak a word through you to this person. Okay, so it's, it's not about predicting the future. But what does prophecy do? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Really, really simple. Your, your version, uh, translation of the Bible might say edification, exhortation, and comfort. Strengthening, encouraging, comforting. Let's just uh, attack these really quickly. First, strengthen. What does that mean? It means to build up. To strengthen someone means to build up. The perfect time to build up is after someone has been torn down. Question, over the last couple of years in this pandemic, do any of us know anyone who has been torn down? Would you put your hand up? Let's put it up high. Yeah, we're surrounded by people who feel like they've been torn down, including us, some of us, right? So if you're saying, I don't think the Holy Spirit will ever really give me a word of prophecy, because I'm not into that whole thing, and I don't really have anybody around me who needs a word from the Lord, so I'm not going to be used by that. I just tricked you. Because if you have anyone around you who feels torn down, they need to be built up. But they don't need to be built up by us. They need to be built up by the one who has all power in heaven and on earth. You, you got anybody around you who feels torn down? Perfect candidate for a word from the Holy Spirit. Prophecy strengthens. It builds up those who feel torn down. Second, it encourages Prophecy encourages others to put courage into. Here's how I'll say it. To fire up. The perfect time to fire up is when someone has been burned out. Anybody got some burned out people around them in the middle of this pandemic? <laughs> well, if they feel torn down and burned out, maybe the Holy Spirit's trying to just illuminate them to you, put them on your radar and go, I'd really like to say something to them through you. Would you pass this note along? But maybe because we're not fully understanding what prophecy does, we just shut it off altogether. Prophecy strengthens others. It encourages others. But it also comforts. And here's the way I would say it. To lighten up. To build up. To fire up. To lighten up. Anybody know anybody this past couple of years who feels very loaded down? The perfect time to lighten up someone is when someone feels loaded down. Here's what we're actually seeing. We live in a day where we're surrounded by people who feel torn down, burned out, and overloaded. You know what that means? It's the perfect time for the God who speaks to speak to them 
even if it happens through us. Prophecy is one of my favorite gifts because of what it does to the people who receive the word God is speaking to them. Proverbs 15, verse 23 says, A man has joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season. How good it is. Have you ever gotten the right word at just the right time, and it just hits you different? This is one of my favorite things about the gift of prophecy. Prophecy is simply the right word at the right time from the righteous one. Can we all agree that the world needs a little bit more of God's voice? Okay. Well, well here, here's the deal. If we actually believe that, we don't affirm it by saying amen. We affirm it by saying, use me. Holy Spirit, speak through me. Every room I walk into, is there anything you want to say? Is there someone you want to speak to? I, I, this is kind of the way I, at this stage in my early 40s, deliver prophetic words. I usually don't even tell people I'm giving them. One of my favorite things to do is go to coffee with one of you and to hear the Holy Spirit say something for you. And I, I don't draw a bunch of attention to it. I just sweetly try and slide it across the table. And when it renders you speechless, I love watching the look on your face when you realize I had nothing to do with what just happened. When you realize the God of the universe is getting your attention and he's speaking directly to you. His voice is one of my addictions. I want it to be yours too. We can all prophesy, but we should all want to. We will not prophesy if we don't ever want to prophesy. And that brings us to point number three, we all will prophesy. Dot, 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 ellipsis. I'm not commanding you. I'm gonna give you three things that I believe, if we understand these things, we're all gonna prophesy. And let me just say again, as we get into this, and if you put a marker in Numbers 11, you can go ahead and turn to it. Let me go on record again and say, one of the prayers I pray over our church is that every person who calls this church home would prophesy, would literally be used by the Spirit of God to encourage others, to strengthen others, and to comfort others when they need it the most. And I don't mean naturally, supernaturally. Supernatural strengthening, encouragement, and comforting. I pray every person who calls this church home would prophesy. And I've been praying it for years. Now, some of you might be thinking, okay, Preston, show me that in scripture. I'm about to. Okay, Numbers chapter 11, let me give you a little bit of a background. Uh, my man Moses is tripping out. It's just the only way I can say it. Okay. The people are griping and complaining and blah, 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 blah. And Moses, literally, he says to God, I cannot carry these people of yours anymore. I can't do this anymore. And then he says, here's my paraphrase. He goes, if this is how you're going to treat me, you're going to make me carry these people, just kill me now. He literally says that, just kill me now. And God says, hey, relax. 
This isn't about you. I'm going to put the same spirit I put on you on 70 of the elders of Israel. So bring 70 men whom you know to be elders to the tabernacle and I'll do what I do. What I did for you, I will do for them. So let's read it together. Numbers chapter 11, verse 24. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord and he gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people of Israel and placed them around the tabernacle. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took of the spirit that was upon Moses, capital S. Now, lowercase s, not, this is not a personality thing. These are not character traits. The same Holy Spirit that God had put upon Moses, God took that same spirit and he put it on the 70. Placed the same spirit upon the 70 elders and it so happened when the spirit rested upon them that they prophesied although they never did so again. Interestingly enough, I've heard this verse for years used to prove cessationism. See, Preston, it never happened again after that. God, God was just doing something right then, but it never happened again. Read the text. What it says is it never happened with them. It didn't say it never happened again. It never happened with them again. But let's stay in the story. If you're pregnant and you're not sure what to name your son, I'm going to give you two very biblical options, names that come up in this story. Of the 70, there were two men that didn't show up to the tabernacle. They stayed in the camp, but the Holy Spirit still came upon them, and they began prophesying in the camp. And a young man sees this go down, and the two men that were prophesying were named Eldad and Medad. If you like names nobody else has, I just hooked you up like a champ. <laughs> Eldad and Medad. This young man comes to Moses and he says, Moses, Moses, two of the 70 didn't show up to the tabernacle. And they are in the camp prophesying. And Joshua hears the young man's report. And he jumps in and he says, Moses, forbid this to be so. This is the young man. This is the one being mentored by Moses. He just jumps in and he says, Moses, you got to stop them now. They didn't show up. They didn't go through the process. And they're trying to do what the 68 are doing. You got to stop them now. I'm just going to submit this to you. I personally believe Joshua struggled with the spirit of insecurity. Here's how I believe you know. It's one of the things I've learned in the church. You can always tell someone struggling with insecurity when someone around them is being promoted spiritually and they can't handle it. Remember, Joshua, when he began his leadership, the commission over and over, be strong and courageous, be strong and the courageous, he battled from a place of weakness. He had some insecurity. Moses, on the other hand, didn't have insecurity. Listen to what Moses says to Joshua, the young buck, who says, you got to stop them now. Verse 29, then Moses said to Joshua, are you zealous for my sake? Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Remember when I told you, I pray that our whole church would prophesy? It actually puts me theologically in wonderful scriptural precedent. Moses said, oh, that all God's people would prophesy. The apostle Paul all of you should want to prophesy. 
Holy Spirit comes upon the 70. They begin to prophesy. And then the rest of the verse. And it never happened with them again. Okay, now if you put a marker in Acts chapter 2, especially if you use your neighbor's finger, please tell them thank you for waiting this long to get to Acts chapter 2. Flip over to Acts chapter 2. I'll give you the background there. This is Pentecost. The Holy Spirit has fallen on the people present in that place. And I want to show you the prophetic words of the prophet Joel are spoken again to help everybody have scriptural context for what they were seeing, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because here's what I would say, we all will prophesy first by the Holy Spirit, not by our flesh, by the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter two, verse 16. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In other words, everybody, what you're seeing right now was prophesied years ago. And here was the prophecy, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. How come everybody's spending so much time trying to talk about dates and seasons, and we're not talking quite so much about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit God promised in the last days? It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Not just your men, your women. Your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Again, in the last days, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Okay, this is part of the prophetic word. Here's the deal. We got more people talking about blood moons than we got talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God. And here's what I would say to that. Don't be more focused on the color of the moon than you are on the sound of his voice. This is, this is what was prophesied. That in the last days, the Spirit of God would be poured out on every child of God. And they will they shall, it was said then, they will prophesy. But again, if I were the church's enemy, I would try and get the bride so freaked out by the gift of prophecy that everybody just stopped it all together. But can you imagine when with pure hearts, the children of God hear the voice of God and endeavor to purely repeat everything they hear him say. Can you even imagine what will happen next? Well, what happens next was prophesied hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Hundreds of years ago. <laughs> I think it's great if you're reading books on the blood moons, I'm not making fun. But I am submitting to you, if I were your enemy, I'd try and get you distracted by the color of the moon. Because if I were your enemy, I'd be deathly afraid of your ability to hear God's voice. Because he knows you're a sheep and sheep are guaranteed to hear his voice. And the gift of prophecy 
is lovingly repeating everything we hear. We'll do it by the Holy Spirit. Second, we'll do it in proportion to our faith. Romans 12, 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy is the gift, the Holy Spirit wants to use us, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. I think one of the reasons many of us don't prophesy is this right here, in proportion to our faith. Let me help you understand the difference between confidence and faith. Confidence is something I falsely have in myself. Faith is something I can only have in my God. So when we prophesy, we don't prophesy according to my confidence in my ability. When I step out to give a word, I hear the Holy Spirit speaking. I do it in proportion to my faith in the God who speaks. Not in the one who's speaking. Remember, God spoke through a donkey in the Old Testament. It's just a loving reminder. Preston, you know what that means? If I can do it through a stubborn donkey, I can do it through this stubborn donkey. It's not the vessel that is of utmost importance, Preston. It's the voice. And my sheep hear my voice. And the world doesn't need to hear my opinion. The world needs to hear the voice of God. I remember one time I was, I was doing a prophetic presbytery and uh, it was actually at New Life Church where, where Brady, who was just here, pastors and we were sitting on the stage and they brought the candidate up and, and there were three of us giving a word and, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, uh, this woman is a Pez dispenser. And I thought, okay, I got two of my heroes prophesying next to me and they're twice as old as me and you're telling me you want me to remind everybody in the room that I'm the baby of the group by saying you're a Pez dispenser to this woman. And I just felt the Holy Spirit go, yep. I'm like, this is crazy, but I'll do it. I got up and I said, this is going to sound crazy, but I feel like the Holy Spirit said, you're a Pez dispenser. Well, of course, everyone starts erupting in laughter because it was just, it was a weird word. I start sharing it. Well, little did I know, I had no idea who the woman was. It was actually Ted Haggard's sister. And so I'm delivering this word, had no idea who she was. And she was stone-faced. Like, I couldn't tell, you know, sometimes people will kind of let you know, oh, yeah, that's definitely the Lord, or that's not the Lord. Well, she, I couldn't tell from her. After it's over, she goes and sits down in the front row, and we move on to the next candidate, and I see this very sweet older man, probably in his late 60s, early 70s, that's still young to a lot of us, and I love the oaks in this place. He comes down, and I could tell just a really sweet man, and, and she was sitting in the front row right on the, the aisle seat, and he comes and he kneels down next to her. And I can't tell what he's saying, obviously, and, and I, I, I'm focused on the person up here, and so I, I, I don't watch what's going on. After the service, I asked Brady, I said, hey, what, what was going on with the woman, the first candidate, and the guy who came and talked to her? Like, was he rebuking what I said? And, and Brady said, no, no, no. That man this morning in his quiet time felt the Holy Spirit say, on your way to church, stop at the gas station and buy a Pez dispenser. And I'll tell you exactly what to do with it. And then I give this word. So he hands it to her. 
And the whole idea with the Pez was you're surrounded by people in your life who come up to you and want what they want, and they just come and go. They take, and they take, and they take, and they take. And I said, and here's what I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying to you. You're about to see his response to sweetly and faithfully given more than you had to give. I had no idea who she was. And God spoke to a sweet man to buy a Pez dispenser so that this woman could remember that word that the God of the universe wanted to speak specifically to her. Here's what I learned that day. We prophesy in proportion to our faith. Sometimes we gotta step out. That brings me to the last. We all will prophesy if we earnestly desire to. Oh, let me say this. I didn't say this in the last service related to in proportion to our faith. Oftentimes God loves to give us prophetic words that stretch us, that the mere thought of giving the word totally stretches us and challenges us. Here's the one-liner. When God desires to do something through you, it oftentimes is designed to stretch you. Here's why. God loves to stretch us because it creates more room in us for him. Creates more room for him in us. We all will prophesy if we earnestly desire to. We'll end where we began. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Pursue love, yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Preston, I want you to be so excited to hear my voice and repeat what you say that every room you walk into, you're looking my direction saying, is there anybody in this room you wanna speak through me to? Preston, that's what it looks like to earnestly desire, especially the gift of prophecy. I'm the God who speaks and I love to speak through my children. We'll prophesy by the Holy Spirit, not by our flesh. We'll prophesy in proportion to our faith. But we'll also prophesy when we earnestly desire to. I'm never going to prophesy if I never want to. And the way I got started almost 22 years ago in prophetic ministry, being used by the Holy Spirit to give a prophetic word every once in a while, my start was, was not very pretty. My mentor, Pastor Robert, Gateway had just started and he was doing a prophetic presbytery, which is just services kind of around prophetic ministry. He said, I'm doing a prophetic presbytery and I want you to go with me. Well, here's what you have to know. I was 22 years old. I had never given a prophetic word before in my life. I had received them before, going back to when I was a kid. In the middle of a sermon, I had somebody a couple of times, different people, missionaries, stand me up when I was a kid and say, I feel like the word has the Lord. I'd received words, but I'd never given one. And then my mentor says, I'm going to do this prophetic presbytery. You're going to go with me and you're going to prophesy. And at 22, here's how I responded to him. Two things. A, that's the dumbest thing I have ever heard anyone say. And B, there is no way I'm doing that. Over a very brief period of time, he reminded me. He's my boss. <laughs> and that I was going to be prophesying alongside of him. I was scared to death. I'd seen him give some incredible and very accurate prophetic words going back years. So we land in Arkansas and <laughs> we 
We drive an hour and the whole time I'm kind of arguing with him, telling him I'm not doing this, this is crazy. And we were going to one of my heroes prophetically to his church. And I told Holly, I was like, I'm about to get totally outed that I have no idea what I'm doing. I've never given a prophetic word, babe. And the one church I'm gonna start this with is his church? If there's anybody who's gonna know I'm off or wrong, it's him. I was scared to death. So we get to the first service. Pastor Robert and I are sitting on the stage. They bring up the first candidate. And they said the young woman's first name, but not her last name, but I didn't understand why. I'd never been, been in this, done it before, and so I was clueless. People clap, she comes up. And Pastor Robert and I are sitting on the stage. Like two to three minutes go by. And I'm sitting in this seat, he's sitting in this one. And after almost three minutes, I lean over to him, I put my hand over my mouth and I said, I am not going first. (laughs) And he put his hand over his mouth and he said, I'm gonna sit here until you do. (laughs) Do you know how hard it is to prophesy when you wanna kill someone? (laughs) I wanted to kill him. I could rip your head off right now, but I got a golly in front of these people. I'm going to sit here until you do. He threw me into the deep end of the pool. So I sat there for another minute or two, feeling like I was drowning. And I felt the Holy Spirit just say, a call to the nations, and a song will be sung through you to nations all over the world. So I'm like, okay. She's probably a doctor. I'm probably going to get this wrong. Preston, just say. So I shared. Some people responded, and, and afterwards, the senior pastor of the church, one of my heroes, comes up and says, Preston Robert told me this is your first presbytery. Was that the first prophetic word you've ever given? I said, yes, sir. He said, that was my daughter. I'm not going to lie. My first thought when he said that was, I'm really going to kill Pastor Robert now. (laughs) And he starts to share with me some things the Lord told him when she was a baby. And they were almost exactly what I felt the Holy Spirit say. And I'm, please hear my heart. I'm not trying to tell you. I, I, if you were in my body at that time, you would know. I'm not telling you Preston did something. Preston is 100% totally aware of the fact that the God of the universe spoke and Preston had nothing to do with it. But that day, something happened in my heart. I exploded in the area of faith because I realized my God speaks. I realized from the front row, my God speaks to me. And then I became fully aware of the fact that God speaks through me. Not because I'm a pastor, because I'm a sheep. So here's what I would say to you. Are you willing to be used by the God of the universe to reverberate the words coming from his mouth, to repeat them, to sweetly give them as best you can to the people the Holy Spirit wants to give them to? I pray over the next 30 days every one of you would have a holy moment with the Spirit of God where the Holy Spirit says, 
would you deliver this now? And I pray just like what happened with me. And hopefully for you, it doesn't happen on a stage. It may just happen in front of one person. But here's my prayer, that the same supernatural thing that happened in my heart and my life the first time I gave a word, I pray that it would happen in your heart and your life over the next 30 days. Our God speaks. Our God still speaks. And our God loves to speak through his children. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.